You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? I'm Shannon Chalakian. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm I got Lucas Kathy. <laughs> and here's our, our uh, special guest for this episode, Lucas Kathy. We're high on Halloween candy, you guys, yeah. because this is our Halloween episode. You know Lucas from behind the scenes. Well, we hear him snickering. Hopefully you don't because it's his job. Um, he's our sound engineer. <laughs> We brought him on for this episode because both Shannon and I have seen Halloween before, so we wanted a fresh look at it to join us. Yes, indeed. That was a sentence. But before we get let him, uh, you know... <laughs> yeah, shut up, Lucas. <laughs> before we Stay let in him your corner. enter, um, we're going to start with our, our normal normal broadcasting and give, give you our 10-word reviews. Brennan, I know you have multiple, so I'll just do mine real quick and get it out of the way, okay. as usual. Um, so... The only 10-word review I have for this week is uh, from the movie The Warriors, which is, gangs in crazy 70s costumes? I can definitely dig that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My 10-word reviews are, uh, Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers. Get lost in Paul Rudd's eyes to avoid watching this. Halloween H2O, 20 years later. There's a character named Dr. Brennan, 10 out of 10. Halloween Resurrection. Everybody hates this one. I am not everybody. And then Shannon's mad, but I have more. Um, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. If you loved Paranormal Activity, you'll hate The Ghost Dimension. And I actually, this is my Halloween treat for you guys. I have another 10-word review for Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which is, if you hated Paranormal Activity, you'll hate The Ghost Dimension. (laughs) Lucas also has some 10-word reviews. Would you like to share those with us? Yeah, you caught me on a good week. I usually don't watch movies, but I happen to watch this week wow good for you i know beating me i know so first one is inside out surprisingly poignant for a kid movie thought mm-hmm. they were canadian <laughs> uh i also watched big hero six do the fist thing no the other fist thing <laughs> <laughs> and then woman in gold half of it's in german and then i fell asleep exciting oh is that the one about the the klimt painting yeah i and Ryan Reynolds is in it. I tried. I could not. I'm sorry. I'm you sure know, movies it's... based on paintings just don't get the same reputation. That I'm sure getting. it's a really good movie. I just, I just couldn't. So, Brennan, well, what, what did you do this last week? What did I do this past week? I was featured on a podcast called Super Geek Supreme, hosted by my friend Justin and everyone in this room's mutual acquaintance, Hannah. She knows everybody in the world. She, oh, they. I asked them super awesome Nightmare on Elm Street questions, and they got some of them right. And it was really fun, and you should check it out. It's Super Geek Supreme with two exclamation points. It's like a taco. Yeah, I listened to it this morning, and it was uh, it was wonderful. Thank you. And uh, I feel like they they complement our podcasting style very well as Absolutely. well. So if you like us, you'll probably like them as well. So head on over. You'll hate the ghost dimension, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and let's just talk to Lucas for a tiny bit so you actually get to know him in front of the microphone. Hello, Lucas. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. Um, I have a couple questions for you. Okay. I have a couple answers. All right. What do you think of the horror genre as a whole? So 
I don't think that I can honestly say I've ever seen a proper horror film until tonight. So I have no opinion of it until now. Well, it's exciting. I'm glad we could share this moment with you. I'm very nervous to hear what you have to say because I can see your sheet. But yeah, this will be an exciting of, conversation. Lots of ones. <laughs> I'm also very excited to introduce you you to like a bad horror film. Because this is pretty, this is pretty, well, okay, I'm biased, I know. But this is pretty great on my, on my side. And so it, it doesn't always translate to people from our generation because it's from 1978. So right. I, I was wondering what year it was. Yes, yeah. and, and I am an old soul. But no, but like if we showed you like Madman. Oh God, I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> you know, wasn't that the like first that? one that I? He would quit immediately. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, so but I, I have oh. seen some of the newer like pseudo horror films, like you know all the M Night Shyamalan stuff, which I don't think that's. Even kind of pseudo horror. You mean like signs and yeah. the happening? Have you seen the happening? I haven't seen the happening. You should. It's awful. All right. He doesn't exist to me. Well, the oh, you don't even like the sixth sense, do you? No. Whatever. He doesn't exist. Anyway, Lucas, I hear that this is not the only podcast that you do. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. I also do. Uh, I do a music podcast called The Living Room that I created with my friend Karina. And we have musicians come in and play music and do interviews with us and just kind of hang out. And I was actually supposed to release one two hours ago. Oh. And uh, Hannah from Super Geek Supreme was featured on one of those podcasts. Yes, she was. She was one of our first episodes and it was super good. Yeah, we have a small world. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's talk about Halloween. (laughs) Um, so, as per usual, um, our discussion has spoilers, so, you know, if you haven't watched it, pause, go watch it, come back. <laughs> our rating systems. We have four different ratings. We rate scariness on screams, campiness on perms, gore on severed limbs, and quality on unlucky stars, and it is out of five. Yes. And here's the plot for John Carpenter's Halloween. Fifteen years ago. Michael Myers brutally massacred his sister. Now after escaping from a mental hospital, he's back to relive his grisly crime again and again and again. Um, does anyone want to talk about how he massacred his sister? She's just one person. Like, that's even more than Shannon's complaint about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you honestly, Save it like, for your biggest flaw, Brennan. Save it for your biggest flaw. Like, you didn't even see it happen, really. Yeah. Like, as it was happening, he's, like, looking up at the knife, which I don't really understand. Like, that's... That, not, it and, is difficult and you to just stab it, someone while you're staring at a 90-degree angle away from them. Yeah, and you just see the whole thing through these two little slits in the screen, and I don't know. It's cool. He's wearing a mask. <laughs> it's POV. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, let's get started. Uh, Shannon, what did you rate the film on scariness? So scariness, I rated it a four out of five. Um, earlier, Brennan and I were actually talking about this thing that he coined as um, like rewatch value, which I thought was really interesting. And I do feel like Halloween is definitely one of those like you got to like the first time watch has a higher value than every time you rewatch it. But the sound design especially makes it very, very scary and, and very high tension. Um, and then also the lighting, everything's dark, pretty much the entire movie. Um, but they, they definitely throw the light in certain ways. So it catches on masks and it catches on reflections and it catches on the knife. And 
um, even though, and we're gonna talk about this in a little bit, but even though it's not a gory movie, it definitely still gets you like in it. And I, it, 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 high tension. I liked it. So four <laughs> out of five for scariness. All right, and I would probably well, I was considering rating it two out of five because I'm not particularly scared by it because it's more of a historical slasher yes. piece. But I've had the opportunity to watch this film with you, Shannon, in theaters twice. And that completely alters the experience. It's when, when you're in surround sound and having a great time and it's huge and big, it's actually a very, it can be a genuinely scary film for people of our generation because we're coming from a place that's 20 years after the slasher boom that Halloween was the catalyst for. So we're so used to this kind of thing. And after Scream, these films have been dissected so much. It's over familiar. And this kind of film doesn't really have the capacity to scare. But check it out in theaters, because I think it does. Yeah, and I mean, the score. The score is one of the most fantastic pieces of music ever written for a film, and I love it. All right, Lucas, what do you have to say about scariness? I I gave it a one out of five screams. Actually, for the same reasons that Shannon gave it four out of five. That you couldn't see anything? Yeah, it's just, it's so, I don't like dark movies. They They don't keep my attention. I mean, maybe scary things were happening and I just couldn't see them, mm. but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that is like scared by the possibility of something being scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. You're not um, scared of the dark? That's, I, I'm not like scared of the dark, but if I was, if I was in that situation and it was dark, I would be scared if it was like actually, but like to be watching a movie that's just dark is scary to me. Um, and also the sound design was, I thought, kind of predictable. It it was just a lot of like, I mean, now in movies, when they're trying to create suspense and horror, there's a lot of like low, boomy noises, you know, a lot of like rumbling noises. And and so the the shrillness of the strings and, and all that kind of stuff in the score and, and the sound design was different, but not scary because it's old and played out, I think. Yeah, I, I think... It, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say I'm sorry for shitting all over your movie. No, please. No, that's That's, what, that's we're, what we're here we're for. We're here to discuss <laughs> like, this. And get yeah. different perspectives. Because that, um, like, the high string quality that you're talking about is a holdover from Psycho, which Halloween is very influenced by, because Bernard Herrmann's score was all shrieking strings, and it worked so well, but that's still kind of being filtered through the American genre system. But to us, it's super old hat. So it's right. kind of like indicative of something that we already kind of intimately understand on a cultural level and it doesn't scare us anymore. So I respect that. Right. Yeah. Continue to say whatever you want. All I, all I can imagine is you <laughs> and me on my lawn shaking my fist telling you to get off it. So, get off my lawn. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not offended any, by any means. <laughs> it's not going to change how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Don't be alarmed by the butcher knife that Shannon's holding. Everything's going <laughs> to yeah. be fine. All right, um, let's go into campiness score. Shannon, what would you rate it? Uh, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate it a four out of five perms. Ooh. I know, that's a high perm score. Um, and it could definitely be higher, but def- <laughs> I'm totally, it could totally, totally be higher. Oh, God. Totally, you guys know totally. where I'm going. What's her face? Linda. Linda, thank you. Linda gets like, she, she takes the score, essentially. She's wearing the bell bottoms. She's got the Farrah Fawcett hair. That's like really weird and also in pigtails. I don't know how that works, but she did it. And she's also wearing those high platform wooden shoes that you can only barely see, but you know they're there. And she says totally every other word, which is, I feel John Carpenter's or Deborah Hill or whoever's um, 
way of being like, look at this young person. Like, look <laughs> at them. I am young. <laughs> I am 15. Yes. But it was just very like, she stole it because she, she was just uh, so 70s. Yeah. My, my campiness score is two out of five, but I agree with everything that you're saying. I'm just um, going to, all my scores are inflated because I love this movie and I'm going to hold it like it's a child and just, <laughs> just protect it. Great. Well, first of all, for campiness, there we there are two sex scenes in this movie, and they both last under thirty seconds. Like Mentos last longer than their <laughs> sex scenes, and I love that. When Annie spills butter on herself, she immediately takes off all of her clothes. <laughs> it's clearly only a small amount of butter. Like it's the tiniest of slips, and she was like, "Well, better get naked." And you don't even get to see her boobs, which is really interesting. I don't care that we don't get to see her boobs but in this kind of film that's something that you would kind of expect especially because she's already taking off all of her clothes so that's something that i found interesting about that yeah where it's like we're gonna do an exploitation scene but not actually exploit it i was like all right (laughs) in the remake her counterpart we see her boobs the i think we never even see her face i think it's only boobs the entire time yeah in the remake i was watching the remake last night for my personal blogs marathon of the halloween movies and my advice to everyone in the world is to never ever let the remake happen to you ever it's one of my least favorite films that's ever been made ever also just nobody drives sober in this film because bob drives up and he's already had like four cans of beer and then um annie and Lori, jamie Lee, yeah Lori is they're smoking pot while they're driving around i bet michael myers probably took a bump or two of cocaine while he was driving too so yeah anyway he's he's high on the rush of killing Anyway, Lucas, what's your campiness score? I gave it, I was kind of torn between two and three, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to give it a three just because there were so many things that were like, really? Like, <laughs> I don't know, just things that were kind of silly. And There's a lot of beer cans. There were yeah. so many. Like like Hansel and Gretel leaving a trail of beer cans <laughs> t- type of beer cans. And I feel like whenever we talk about campiness, we always like symbiotically boost each other's scores because we're like, <laughs> oh my God, remember that scene? Remember that scene? Right? Well, and, and right in the beginning when Michael Myers is walking around the house and going in to kill his sister, is that what's happening? Yeah. Yes. And it's kind of this shaky first person view and it's like, not even really like shaky, it's just sort of like swaying and it's mm-hmm. it's sort of weird and campy, I think. And you just see this like disembodied arm every so often reach out to like grab a knife or grab a mask and somehow the arm is... 10 feet long and yeah. does that not scare you <laughs> you know it's it's just weird <laughs> i think it's i thought it was funny and yeah but no i, I keep forgetting because like already knowing that it's michael myers ahead of time yeah i keep forgetting that people think that like they don't know he's a child they don't know that like obviously you can tell by his arm that he's dressed up as a, as a clown see um, i didn't know that i thought he was wearing some weird like i don't know porn stash like um puffy pirate shirt or that or uh, like a jogging suit or something, like warm-ups or something okay. like that. That's kind of what it looked like to me. So nice to like listen to someone who's just seen it for the first time. <laughs> I can Shannon's eyes have this really steely glint in them right now. It's fine. I, I feel her just like she's never going to want to come back over here. No, it's fine. It's just that I know where your butcher knives <laughs> she's are. She's already Logically. <laughs> and Speaking of butcher knives, let's move on to the gore rating. Shannon, what is your rating for gore? I read it in a two out of five. Okay, gonna be, Shannon. It's going to be okay. the lowest gore score I'm going to give. 
And the okay, so there's no blood. Like blood effects are nearly not there at all. There's like a little Yeah, there's like a little blood, like a little bit, but you don't see like you don't see knives essentially you don't really see knives go in people, you don't see blood coming out of people, you see blood blood on people, but very, very thin. Um but my gore score is really just kind of the it comes from the the physical strength of Michael Myers and just like the fact that he shish kebabs a guy onto a door and chokes people long enough that they just kind of stop living like he <laughs> physically steals the life from them with his bare hands um that stuff i feel is, is, is what i'm counting for my gore score just because that's good and it's also like realistic in a way like more realistic than using a knife because it's just someone using this like primal animalistic part of them and killing with their own hands and so that's why i thought my gore score was a was a two instead of higher because there's no blood all right i will accept that boom um yeah because you're really tapping in because halloween at its core it's a very simple story it's a fable of good versus evil it's kind of like a fairy tale like the virginal pure damsel in distress and the cipher for pure evil like the faceless thing so these characters aren't humans they're just like fairy tale characters so they don't have any blood all right um (laughs) my gore score is one out of five because there is no gore but there is one scene that you reminded me of when you were talking about the brutality of it um when he's uh choking out the dog lester Mm -hmm. that scene is the best special effect of the entire movie i honestly am not sure how they did it it might just be a dog that they sedated or something. But as he's choking the dog, the dog just goes limp and its leg slides out of out from under him. And it's a really fantastic, really eerie scene that freaks me out so much. Mm-hmm. Because it that's the one effect that really looks real. Like, that's probably a dog. I don't know how they did that. Maybe they just strangled a dog. I don't know. This is before PETA. Yeah. Um, I gave it I gave it one severed limb. Um because there really is not any gore in it. Uh, it's very, it's pretty tame, except for the way in which he kills people. And I think I would probably give it a zero if it weren't for the uh, the scene where he shish kebabs the guy uh, yeah. mm-hmm. against the cupboard or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really cool. That was very intense. I liked that one a lot. I love good. That scene. <laughs> wait, wait. I take it back. I don't want to say anything good about this movie. <laughs> Well, okay. Just kidding. Oh, you. Let's tentatively step on to our quality (laughs) discussion. I think I'll start because I think I'm a happy medium between our two people. I rate this film four out of five on Lucky Stars because while I recognize Halloween's historical importance as like the slasher film, more or less, I have a whole speech, but whatever. It's not one that connects with me on such a visceral level as some of the other ones that I've seen and really enjoy, but I still like the movie quite a bit. I think Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic. Um, I think she should hold on to the knife, maybe. That would be helpful. (laughs) But when she goes into survival mode, she's like this raging forest fire of awesome. Not the best decision-making in the world, but her performance is stunning. Jamie Lee Curtis in her debut role is one of my favorite final girls of all time. And Dr. Loomis doesn't help anybody. He's the most useless person. He just stands by a house and then shoots Michael Myers and then Michael Myers isn't dead and he looks out the window and he's like, eh, see you in the sequel. 
All right, Shannon, keep going. Go. I'm tired. I lost track of what's happening. So I am also going to rate it four out of five unlucky stars. Despite this, Ooh. I know, despite this being my favorite horror film, or at least the, the horror film that I tag is my favorite horror film, I just think that it's a good, like, it's just a good film the entire way through. You know, it has, it's very slow. It's carpenter paced, you know, so it's, you know, deliberate. But there's got some great stuff. And like you were saying, like with Jamie Lee Curtis being an awesome, getting survival mode kicked on and it just going is really, really amazing. Uh, like Brennan had said earlier, the both the first two times I saw this were both in theaters, one of which was a double feature where we also watched They Live with a Q&A with John Carpenter himself where he just spat about Reaganism and like myself wagged his fist and told people to get off his lawn <laughs> um it's just a very special movie to me and i think it's what really got me on board with brennan about the whole horror movie thing i'm glad it worked <laughs> yeah and that's why i'm here now so that's why i'm, I'm voting at four out of five unlucky stars would watch again would watch again ever would show to other people and would let them tear it to shreds lucas your turn yeah hey. behind door number three <laughs> 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 so i was gonna give it one out of five unlucky stars originally but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to give it a two. Gonna we be, talked it up! I'm going to be generous. just there Because there are some really artistic shots in the film. And a lot of it is... I think that it does go at a good pace. It's not too fast. There's not too much going on. But it's also not so slow that you wish that you were Michael Myers' victim. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a lot of it is just... I mean, I guess bearing in mind that it is from 1978, a lot of it is just... Not very high quality, but I guess, like I said, bearing in mind that it's 1978, that's kind of what you should expect. I feel, again, defending this movie, but um, for it being 78 is is pretty spectacular. Yeah, and Moving for the on. budget that they had, it was a super low budget indie movie and it made every dollar for, that was spent in 1978 was spent on Halloween. <laughs> yes. I mean, bo- box office wise. On to our favorite part of the show. At least my favorite at all. Uh, champion dialogue. So, Brennan, what was your your champion dialogue? Okay. My champion dialogue comes from the character of Linda, played by PJ Souls. She's the girl that we were talking about where she's... Well, they're all a little bit too old to play the uh, high school characters that they're playing because their character's like 16 and they're all probably in their early 20s. And so she's the one that says, totally, totally, totally all the time. And they're like, oh my God, we're going to go to the dance. She's like, totally totally dancing oh my god and so this is just her character every time she's on screen she says totally a minimum of five times like i think she gets paid 20 cents every time she says it so she just tries to work it in everywhere and then she's on the phone with jamie lee curtis's character Lori, and this is how she ends the conversation okay later have a good time we definitely will and I thought that, like, what a good twist. This is like the M. Night Shyamalan plot twist. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shannon, what's your favorite dialogue? My favorite dialogue. So my favorite dialogue um, is from Annie, who is all I, I aspire to be in life is Annie. Um, but they, she, she and Lori just smoked a joint. And they run into her father, which they had to drive over to. Like They could have escaped, but they drove over <laughs> to see him. They have this conversation. Aren't you going to be late? Huh? I said, aren't you going to be late? He shouts, too. Anyway, I just thought it was hilarious because it's definitely something that I would say on, on an especially quippy day. And, uh, you mean every day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Uh, my champion dialogue was, there's a scene 
where there's some kids trick-or-treating and they go to the Myers house and they're like, oh, you know, you're not going to do it. You're too too afraid. And the one kid is trying to be all tough and he's like, I'm not scared. I'll go do it. And so he goes up to knock on the door and the doctor is hiding in the bushes and he's trying to get the kids to go away from the house and he says this. Hey, hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> I love that line so much. And just, well, because he gives this stupid little grin at the end. Like, he's so proud of himself. He's he so had his, smug and satisfied. Yeah. Like, he had his Halloween fun. And I'm like, I'm glad Dr. Loomis got to have a good time, even <laughs> while he was hunting the masked murderer very ineffectively. Yeah, he must have been stoned the entire time, too. <laughs> it was the 70s. I think you just get a contact high from being in anywhere. In the 70s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so our next is our favorite character. Lucas, who is your favorite character? I really liked the doctor. Was it Dr. Loomis? Yeah. His name? Yes. Yeah, I just, I really liked how, like, intense and self-important he felt, but he was so useless <laughs> and just never actually did anything. Try as he might, nothing ever worked out for him. Yeah. Which I think is beautiful. Oh, yes, indeed. I love the part where... um like a rain gutter smashes the window and he turns around and points a gun at it. He's just ready to shoot the window. And the cop is looking at him like, uh, and then the doctor's like, I don't, he's saying, I don't have a permit for this. No, he's no, he like, he does. It's like, in oh. his pocket. Because yeah. you know, when you're wandering around Illinois, you're like, all right, keys, hat, wallet, gun permit. <laughs> Got to make sure I have everything. Shannon, what's your favorite character? So my favorite character is Annie. Right. I know that you hate, but I don't care. No, I, I love the character of Annie. I just think that the Her performance is a little vacant. She's just a little like, Paul, I have to walk over here now. And I'm like, all right, have fun. <laughs> no, that's, that's one of the reasons I love her for it. Because it's just like, it's so... 70s. So 70s. No, it's it's so great. First of all, her hair is amazing. Hair goals. Hashtag hair goals. <laughs> Want to have her hair. Um, she's so blasé about everything. She doesn't care. She's like the rebel kid, but also somehow has a life. Like she has Paul and she is like trying to help Lori get someone. And even though she does it in like a kind of demonic way, (laughs) she's still like trying to help her friend, you know? And so, um, I just thought that she was really great. And we see her for like a, a large majority of the, of the film. Like she isn't introduced. She's like, she's like the last of the three girls to be introduced but then we follow her intimately for like a while yeah this is annie's halloween yeah and then she's the first to die too but she takes up like the whole second third of the film yeah and i think i think i i would like to believe that i'm a split between laurie and annie like i would take to those those two characters and merge them together that's nice (laughs) laurie deserves some credit because my favorite character is judith myers's boyfriend (laughs) because they're just they're making out at home and she's like my parents won't be home for a couple hours and he's like all right let's go upstairs and then they run upstairs and 30 seconds later he's out the door he's gone he's like peace out see you later have a happy halloween he's you'll a- call me right <laughs> yeah sure, sure whatever <laughs> how did sure judy <laughs> also how did he what did they do up there did they go up and like they went up and he took his shirt off and then he left and then he put it back on and they yeah. left yeah, because there's nothing else he could have done in that 30 seconds. He is in high school. Mm. <laughs> uh, I like to believe that they did, it. did the do, like fully. 
end. Because, well, like we saw with Bob and Linda, um, it lasted like a split second. His, okay, ex- excuse my French, but his sperms travel at the speed of light. <laughs> There's like, boo, and she's like, fantastic. Oh, well, you know what they say. Boys come and go. No. Uh, well, yeah, go I home. mean. Go home, Lucas. Oh, I just, wait. I'm very disappointed that Linda got strangled with a telephone cord because she doesn't get to grow up and go to college and realize that sexual <laughs> encounters should last longer than a commercial break. It's uh, a short commercial break. I wish commercial breaks were that long. Yeah, like a, like the, like the, be- when you're watching a Hulu show at the very beginning. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, anyway. Um... Let's start with Lucas. Lucas, what's your favorite scene in this movie? I have two. Uh, so the first one is where uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character and, Lori. Her, and her friend. Lori. Yeah, Lori and Lori, Annie? Lori and the one who she was smoking the joint with. Annie. Annie. So Lori and Annie, they're driving around town all over the place, and they have this like creepy brown station wagon following them everywhere, which Lori has noticed multiple times before. And been like creeped out about and never does anything about it. And then this car is just following them around for like, like in the movie, it was probably five minutes, but in real life, it was probably like half an hour. Mm-hmm. And he was um, like at the very end, he was following them from like two feet, but he was yeah. tailgating them. No, he was really close and they never noticed. They never mentioned it. There wasn't even like the typical like, oh, is that car following us? It was literally just like here, pass the joint. There's nothing. Past the duchy, man. And I just thought that was really funny. That is. That, that they wouldn't do anything with that. Yeah. She needs to get her eyes examined. It's like, yeah, right? Annie, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay, no. Annie? <laughs> no. No, Brennan. No. My... You, think, you think you're so smooth. <laughs> you think you're such a smooth criminal. Oh, God. No, you did it. <laughs> Ha! Oh, that was Take that, Shannon, that, that joke was a thriller. <laughs> Take that. No, you cannot one up me. This is all so bad. Oh. oh. Just just beat it, Lucas. <laughs> I live here. I don't even have a joke for that. <laughs> these uh these jokes are very uh, ABC. And we're gonna move on now. Oh, the Jackson on? five. But I don't think that week. one counts. Alright, we do need to move on. My other favorite scene. Um am I allowed to do two? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Was where she where Lori finds all the bodies and she like oh, yeah. she like walks up and there's her friend laying on the bed with the giant tombstone grave marker behind her and I'm like that would be a hilarious Halloween prank if she wasn't actually dead. It's still hilarious to someone. Yeah. Me. But I just <laughs> thought it was so like and then she gets almost hit by the guy and then the other girl is just like laying in the closet with the telephone cord around her neck and her boobs hanging out. It's like it's like Michael's grade school diorama. Like he's just yeah. set them all up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember that being the only scary part of the film was just like him flying through the closet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? Brennan, what was your favorite scene? All right. My favorite scene Okay, my favorite scene is the events leading up to Annie's death because she's gonna go hook up with her boyfriend. She's so excited. She's going to go out to the car, and she's singing this awesome original composition that is called Oh Paul, which is like, Oh Paul, I give you my all. And I'm like, if she hadn't died, I would have given her a recording contract. Um, 
So she forgets the keys and she's like, no keys. Like she's a good improviser. She's like Eminem. And so she goes to get the keys and she comes back and she just opens the car door without using the keys. And then she sits in and then she, it takes her a second to realize something's wrong here. And then Michael's in the car strangling her. And I just love that, that one moment where she opens the door and it's that weird cognitive dissonance where you're like, this is a normal action, but something's wrong here. And then everything goes to hell. And I think that's probably the most well-constructed scene in the entire film and also has the best original song. It should have won the Oscar. It was snubbed. But I disagree with you about greatest composed scene. Okay. Obviously, the Michael Myers-Laurie fight is just iconic, you know, because it has different layers of him coming back to life. Not one, not two. I think three times. Maybe four. He, he does tend to do he that. He just does that. He's he just a, comes back. He's addicted to coming back to life. Yeah. They have an intervention. But he has <laughs> some really great, great things. You know, first he has the, well, everyone knows the kind of like, like monster laying down in the background and then just like sits up, like bends at the half and sits up and looks over. Like that is obvi- like one of the greatest, greatest shots of just like, I don't know, the killer... That realization of the killer coming back, but in in the um, the person not knowing it yet. Um, but you've also got the amazing survival mode of like you've got a knitting needle in in, in the neck, and you've got mm-hmm. um, a, a wire hanger in the eye, and like all these great great moments that Laurie had, um, which is just yeah, it's a good thing she had to carry all those books home because they obviously <laughs> helped helped her with the with the killing muscle. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that, that is a great scene, and that's one of the most spectacularly performed scenes in the movie, too. So, I agree. I think that, for me, Annie's death is the most tension-filled scene for me, but that scene, that final scene, is definitely the most, like, explosive and powerful. Yeah. Let's move on to our uh, super special Halloween horror classic segment known as Pillowcase Talk, where we go trick-or-treating and pull out some special features. I'm going to... Uh, Get my costume. I'm gonna take off my bra and brush my hair, <laughs> like Judith Myers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something similar. I'm gonna take off my clothes and put on just a white shirt and tease my hair and put on yellow stockings. All right, and, and slather all, yourself in butter. Yeah, be all risky Perfect. business. <laughs> and I'll wear a tracksuit with a clown mask. <laughs> okay. Perfect. And the first treat we're pulling out of our pillowcase today is. The biggest flaw, our final flaw, which we decided was going to be pretzels. Yes, because who wants pretzels when you could have candy? That's true. I do. Okay, Lucas, you can start with your biggest flaw because you are the person with the most flaws. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Um, Okay, so my my biggest flaw, my, my biggest point with this movie was that the audio was just garbage. It was so bad um everything was clipping i don't know it was just so bad when the dog was barking and it sounds like it's barking into a tin can like at full volume but simultaneously very quietly and and the same with all the screaming and yelling it's all like it just sounds really broken up but not any louder than normal talking to be fair that might have been the dvd sound mix so that's possible i'm not sure so then my flaw is with that specific DVD. Great. So it's a classic film, five out of five. Um, <laughs> oh my God. If you hate sound mixes, I have to show you Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, because every everything from like opening a door 
to like unzipping a zipper sounds like has the same metallic clink sound. <laughs> it's awful. So um, my biggest flaw is at the at the very end of the whole ordeal when Michael Myers has been shot and then he wakes up again and runs off and blah, 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 blah. So they took the fight upstairs and they still had the knife and the knife ended up in the closet and she picked up the knife and then started stabbing him, right? So after all of it, it's over. As a part of like a, a closing of the film, they just show shots and they're just dry shots. They're just shots of like the different areas that they've been through. So like the bedrooms of like each of the each of the houses and and like the living room and like the street and like all these just like quick dry shots right well one of them is the living room and you have the knitting bag with the knitting needles and everything but it just has his knife oh just sitting there by the bag and i'm like no the knife is upstairs she has the knife well maybe he took it when he was going to attack her after he came back alive he got shot fell off of the balcony Ran back inside and set the knife down because we know he likes doing tableaus. He's an artist. Right. Because in the beginning of Halloween 2, he steals the knife from a lady who's making a sandwich. So he doesn't have a knife at the beginning of the sequel. Great. No, what I think really happened is that they were just taking taking random footage that they had from yeah. the film and yeah. clipped it all together. And so from that moment where he's supposed to be dead on the other side of the couch and she will have already dropped the knife by the bag, they just took that shot and added it to the mix, which is frustrating because yeah. it shouldn't have been there. But yeah, that's the biggest flaw, which is really saying something because obviously there was nothing bigger than just this like minute detail. All right. I'm you. I'm glad you pay so close attention to this movie. Yes. Um, my biggest flaw would be, my biggest flaw is, I just, I've never liked seeing Michael driving around because first of all, he was in a sanitarium since age eight. So number one, how can he drive? I know in the novelization, it's like, oh, he watched someone do it. Whatever. This is the movie. Okay, Matt. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And regardless of if he can drive, I've never been that scared by that big like station wagon driving around. And he drives so much in all the sequels, too. I, I'm going to keep, like, dragging them back into it because I've watched them all recently. But there is actually a legitimate car chase in Halloween 5, and it's awful. It's like, I prefer my slashers to be up close and personal and not behind the wheel of a car <laughs> trying to smash you. Like, and I know he did last summer. So that's my biggest flaw. And the next treat we'll be pulling out is eye candy, which is the best shot. I'll start. Okay, Gee. so we talked about this earlier. But it's when uh, Michael Myers has shish kebobbed Paul up on... Is that not even Paul? What's his face? Bob. Bob. Shish kebob Bob. <laughs> shish kebob. Shish kebob. Shish kebobbed up on the door on the cabinet or whatever. Um, but it's not actually the process of him doing it. It's once he's already there and he's sitting there. And then you have just this beautiful shot where the light is only hitting the knife. And then you have kind of the half-silhouetted Michael Myers... And it's this looking at him and then kind of studying him and just moving his head back and forth like he's like a wounded puppy trying to figure out what's going on, which adds to this idea of like the angelic evil that Michael mm-hmm. Myers is. So I thought that was That's great. That's an iconic shot. shot. Good yeah. shot. Yeah. Lucas, what's your favorite shot? I really liked the scene where Laurie uh, was in the closet and killed... Michael Myers, but didn't actually. And right after that, when she comes out of the closet, she is unintentional. And she's kind of standing in the doorway, and there's this there's this shot from above, and he's just kind of laying there, 
and the shadows are all playing with each other in in really nice ways and the light is really nice and it's just a really like interesting and complex shot for being such a simple shot because there's not much in it but it feels very sort of abstract and surreal i liked it a lot yeah great my shot actually follows up very shortly after that one it's the shot where michael myers sits up behind laurie strode in the background i love me a well-placed sound cue and his head slowly swivels towards laurie and right when he locks eyes with the back of her head it goes like brump Mm-hmm. and it come like the theme comes back in full force and just that kind of thing energizes me so much and i really love that entire shot sequence yes i agree thank you uh all right our next treat we're pulling out is milk duds which is the stupidest character aka who makes the worst decisions aka everyone uh lucas what's yours i picked laurie it's made so many bad decisions. She never, I feel like she never actually followed through with anything that she did. She did everything kind of halfway and then was sort of like, that's good enough. I can leave. And then it was never good enough. Yeah. As much as I love Lori as a character and as a performance, I also agree with you that she's probably the stupidest character because a knitting needle in the neck does not a dead killer make. I don't think like double tap. I don't think needing needles are even that sharp. Yeah, and he doesn't even have to be indestructible. Like you could stab a regular person in the neck, and they probably would. They wouldn't pass out. I don't know what happened to Michael there. Like there must have been some weird chemistry with the metal of the knitting needle and like the things in his blood that made. Never mind, Shannon. I that's you get both of you are horrible. That's horrible. Lori's great. She's a she wonderful drops the knife two separate times she's right a, next to his corpse a where she's like cinnamon bun. She's like I sliced him with a magazine and he fell over. I'm going to leave this knife next to him and run around. That's right. But up until the part where she's being attacked by a serial killer, my friends, up until that point. Well, that's the important part. Like yeah, that's that's the great equalizer where it she, counts. She does she bends over backwards. For her friends. And, like, is a wonderful babysitter. Well, is that smart? Because and is a gem of a human being. Anyway, my... Because my... By, by taking Lindsay away from the house... So the stupidest character for me okay. is uh, Officer Brecken Becker. Brecken Sheriff Brackett? Sheriff Brackett. Sheriff Brackett. Yeah, because, first of all, your kids are smoking dope in the car. You can't even smell it. Catch them. Second of all... How how much is it going to take for you to understand that there actually is a killer? They're like, oh, the graves, gravestone's gone. Oh, it's just these these youths. You know, always these youths. And Annie was dead on. And she was like, you're always blaming kids. And he was like, well, it was a mask, some knives, and some rope. Who else do you think it would be? And she, uh, not kids. You know, everyone's like, the serial killer. Hello. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Because a lot of those scenes, I was like, would you believe Dr. Loomis? He's clearly well, insane. But that's fine. But for him to be the sheriff of the suburban town, uh-huh. like he has no backbone and no like decide deciding like any volition. Like a sheriff is supposed to make decisions. So if he was gonna say no, he was supposed to say no and turn around and go do something else. Not be like wishy washy. Like, and eh, like convince me to stay all night with you. Like that's not. <laughs> oh, he's not how playing this hard works. to get. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I don't know, because, like, Dr. Loomis is just spouting off, like, he's Hamlet's Tumblr page, like, all these really purple <laughs> monologues. 
And I just don't know if I'd trust him. So I, I'm kind of with Sheriff Brackett. I don't know. I, I think I think everyone is dumb and that Annie and Lori are wonderful. And whatever. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. But we just have different perspectives on certain things. Um, our next treat is the Razor Blade Apple, which is why is this film scary and or not scary? Because Lucas is a uh, millennial. Um, <laughs> Shannon, what is your Razor Blade Apple? Okay, so... I think that this movie is scary because of the sound design. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> like it's so bad. It's <laughs> it's wonderful sound cues. Hello, we were just talking about it. Well, are we talking about the sound design or the score? Ooh. Oh, okay. Question mark. Both. I'm just gonna say all sound in the movie. So sound in general, but also um, Michael Myers being inexplicable. Inexplicable. Like when I when I remembered watching this film, I remembered Michael Myers being like a bigger guy, but it's not true. He's a he's a very thin guy wearing a like a large blue jumpsuit mm-hmm. and he's able to hold people up with one hand and choke them out and and you know smash through things and I'm the juggernaut <laughs> yeah he's just like and and i think that really ties in with the whole like he can't be killed he's the boogeyman like all this like weird stuff where he shouldn't be human but he looks human and his mask comes off and he looks human and uh i think here's a good point put out trivia that you might actually say later so i'm gonna screw this for you uh-huh. but um but they actually had to pick a different guy when the mask came off yeah he didn't look angelical enough and that's what they wanted out of it so i think that that was what really made it scary too is just him being this weird superhuman that no one could explain you know mm. so if they if you'd made a remake and you explained all that, you would take all the fun out of it. AKA the remake. <laughs> AKA the remake. Um, actually, my razor blade apple is very similar to yours, so I'm going to use that as a jumping off point. Um, what you were saying about he's just kind of a regular built guy, um, I find that really scary too. Like, the, like this seemingly innocuous people in your lives can't be trusted. Like, do you know that your son or your brother is not going to murder you with a big knife? Like, you don't know who anybody else is. You only know who you are. And sometimes you're kind of even distrustful of yourself. And the fact that he can just blend in on Halloween because everyone's in costume. Like, he's just another dude dressed up in a costume, so nobody looks twice at him. He's just kind of... It's the face of evil walking among us, and no one can recognize it. And that's creepy to me. Mm-hmm. Lucas? Lucas! It just wasn't for me. You just don't have an answer. It just wasn't that scary for me. I can't even. I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, Youths. Okay. What are you scared of yourself? I'm scared of, like, the silliest things. I'm scared of bugs. I'm scared of bugs. I'm scared of horses because they're huge. I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of lizards. So just the animal kingdom. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I have a movie for you. It's called Frogs. It stars Sam Elliott, and he takes his shirt off, and everyone gets attacked by frogs and lizards. That would probably scare me. It's awful, so I hope not. Let's games it up. I'm very excited to introduce Lucas into our games because he's watched us struggle through so many different variations of this. Um, I decided to bring back the penalty for the losers no. so whoever d- uh loses uh this game has to overact everything like donald pleasance who is dr loomis so for the rest of the podcast which won't be hard does that make sense to everyone yes i think so all right 
the first game we're going to play is our special Halloween game called Trick or Treat. It's true or false questions. There's eight of them, and you guys are going to raise your hand. Whoever's first gets to answer. Okay. And if you get it right, you get a point. All right, you ready, everyone? Aye, aye, Captain. All right, true or false? The girl who played Lindsay Wallace grew up to be a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Lindsay Wallace was the little girl that Annie babysat. Lucas. I'm going to say true just because of the creepy thing that the guy said. That is true. That is Kyle Richards, who is a real, real housewife. That's concerning. Yeah. Number two. A woman went into labor during the film's premiere and named her baby Michael. Just, uh, I see Shannon twitching. I, Shannon? False. That is false. I was going to say I feel like it's false, but I just didn't. I felt like it was true, but I didn't want it to be true. Well, Which lucky is, for you, yeah. it's not. My lies are very outlandish, so I'm. I but gotta... the truths are outlandish too, like the Texas Chainsaw with the sucking blood. That's. Mm. Mm. All right, number three, the guy who played Michael Myers was named Dick Warlock. <laughs> I wish I had paid attention it's, to the credits. It's the it's my number one favorite name besides Dick Wolf, the guy from uh, Law and Order. <laughs> okay, Shannon. Uh, I'm gonna say that that's true. Okay, uh, that's false. I sort of applied a little trickery because Dick Warlock played Michael Myers in part two, but um, Nick Castle is the name of the guy who plays him, mm. um, who plays the shape. Dick Warlock of the, of the Nick Castle. <laughs> All right, um, number four. The original title was The Babysitter Murders. Mm. Lucas. Mm, false? Actually, that's true. Really? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a better title now. They change it for the better. Yeah. Number five. The girl who played Annie is now a saxophone instructor in Burbank. Shannon? I'm going to say true because I really hope this is true. Actually, that's false. I no. made it up. She just reminds me of the wife from Mad Max, so that's probably oh, yeah, why I made does. it up. <laughs> she does. Because they just play saxophone for a sultry night at home. Um, number six. Oh. Michael Myers was named after John Carpenter's tax auditor. Shannon was first. True. That is false, actually. I'm oh. sorry. Because I was going to say true, too. Hey, I'm getting better at this. I do believe Michael Myers was named after a producer who was instrumental in making the film come to life, but I'm not 100% sure. Would you be flattered by that? Like, hey, we're going to make this horror film. We're going to name the killer after you. I uh, would. No offense. <laughs> yeah, you would. But I don't think I have a killering name. Uh, number seven. I'm just gonna uh, I'm just going to interrupt you guys before you can make a comment. Uh, number seven. Michael was originally supposed to wear the clown mask the entire time. Shannon. True. That is true. Uh, number eight, and the final question. The man who shot Halloween also shot Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Lucas. I'm going to say that's true. That is true. Isn't that great? Indeed. His name is Dean Cundy, and he's fabulous. <laughs> He also shot The Lost World, but who cares? Um, <laughs> so far, we're sitting pretty. You guys are tied at two points each. And our next game is called Revenge of the Carpenters. Because our Carpenters game last time was a surprising hit um, in our Thing episode. I hate you. So I'm going to give you a title. And it will either be a John Carpenter movie or a Karen Carpenter song. I love this so much. And you have to guess which is which. And because of the last game, I kind of emptied out a lot of John Carpenter's 
lesser titles. So I also moved on to films that he wrote and not just directed, which I know means a lot to both of you, but I'm just letting everyone know. All right, so John Carpenter or Karen Carpenter. Number one, Starman. Lucas. Karen. Actually, that was John Carpenter. What? Uh. Yeah. He likes space and he likes westerns. Number two, calling occupants of interplanetary craft. How? <laughs> I just, you know. Lucas. How can it not be John? That is a Carpenter's song. See? Are you serious? See this business? <laughs> see this? This is tricky. Uh, now you're winning. I know now. <laughs> I know neither of, of these people. Which is great. It's so fun. All right. Uh, number three. Aurora. Mm. Shannon. Karen. Yes, that is a song by the Carpenters. Great. Number four. Big Trouble in Little China. Lucas. John. Yeah, that is a John Carpenter movie. Uh, number five. Eventide. Shannon. John. No, that's a Karen Carpenter song. Uh, number six, Black Moon Rising. Lucas. Karen. That's John Carpenter. What? <laughs> Trying to switch it around on you guys. Mm. Uh, number seven, The Uninvited Guest. Shannon. John. That's The Carpenter. No! <laughs> what is the... Brennan, stop it! You're lying. <gasps> All right, That's number so eight. Mean. Last Foxtrot in Burbank. Lucas. John. Yes, John Carpenter oh, edited yes. that film. <laughs> it's like to the point where if you think it's John, it must be Karen. Right? Exactly. Unless it's actually Karen. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, unless. unless it's actually John, I mean. Number nine, Little Girl Blue. Uh, I think that Shannon was first. Uh, Car Karen. That was Karen Carpenter. Okay. I'm just trying, you know, we're mixing right, it up. You never course. know what's what. Uh, so that was a point for Shannon. Uh, number 10, better late than never. Could be e either one so easily. Right. Shannon. John. Yes, he wrote that film. Oh, that was lucky. Good for you. Number 11, Zuma Beach. Lucas. Karen. No, that's a John Carpenter written film. This is not the business. No. Number 12, our final question is Dead Man's Curve. Like, that's got to be a horror film, right? But it could also totally be a song. Yeah. The Carpenters have such a weird, weird song titles. Yeah. Calling occupants of interplanetary craft. <laughs> yeah, that one. When I was young. Okay, I'm going oh, to take, imagine... take this. Okay, Lucas. I'm going to say it's Karen. It is Karen Carpenter. Oh, no. Yes. You guys are tied at five points yes. each. Yes, we did it. So Good job. Neither of us has to do the thing. Or. No. Hold on. Okay. Is there going to be sudden death? Maybe I can think of a tiebreaker question. Okay. Um, tiebreaker question. Just real fast. Rainy days and Mondays. Lucas. Karen. Yeah, that's Karen Carpenter. <laughs> so Shannon has to finish the podcast like Dr. Loomis. What? <laughs> oh, you had that ready. Right out of the no. gate. No. <laughs> Okay, so Shannon, why don't you start with your recommendation? And you have to keep the accent this time, because your Canadian accent fell after 12.1 Okay, seconds. Canada... <laughs> Canadians can easily... It's like sound like Sean Americans. Sean Connery plus Snidely Whiplash. He, look, he looks like Sean Connery. <laughs> he does a little bit. Yeah. All right, what's uh, your recommendation for people who agreed with you about this movie? I.e. people who well, love Trebek, this movie. Well, Trebek, 
Um, <laughs> Suck it, Trebek. <laughs> uh, an equally scary movie. Starring the screening queen herself is a movie called Freaky Friday. Because no one wants to be in the body of Lindsay Lohan. That's true. Uh, yeah, so Freaky Friday. Oh, fine, whatever. It's gone. Um, I You, you did so, it well. I think our audience will be pleased. So, so Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday <laughs> uh, is a wonderful film. You like Bill Cosby now. Is... Jello it's, pudding pops. it's the film with the fortune cookies and the <laughs> racist Chinese lady. <laughs> Not all of us can be Sergio, okay? I'm sorry. Anyway, so Freaky Friday's great. Watch it. It's hilarious and also very scary. Uh, Earthquake! Yeah. Okay, Lucas, what's your recommendation for people who apparently hated Halloween? <laughs> uh, my, rec- my recommendation is Your Next. Mm. Um... Which is the movie that Shannon almost recommends every time, but I did you recommend it at one point? I, nope. I'm not sure you have yet. Nope. So it's a great nope. one. It's a really good movie. It's it's super violent, and there's lots of gore, and there's some spectacular kill scenes, and I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. And that's a final girl who does not drop the knife. <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> Unless she it drops it into someone's trachea. <laughs> or doesn't drop the blunder. Oh, yeah. Oh, she does, though. Is that a spoiler? Am I not allowed to say that? Eh. That's my uh, favorite scene of any movie ever, though. It's a great movie. I love your next. I'm so proud. Of you. you've, re- you've redeemed every single thing that has gone wrong <laughs> over you. this podcast. Eh. Um, and my recommendation is another Jamie Lee Curtis horror movie, but a real one this time. It's uh, Road Games from 1981. It's an Australian road thriller about um, Stacey Keach is a truck driver who's driving meat around and he hangs out with his friend who is a dog who is a dingo and they just play like the license plate game but then there's like a murder mystery happening around them and it's actually really really good it's so strange but it's pretty tense and jamie lee curtis is this hitchhiker that he picks up and they're like playing this game trying to discover or trying to figure out like the mindset of the killer that's tormenting the area around them it's super fun is that the one where her nickname is like candy cane or something uh, her name's hitch okay never mind i'm thinking of a different one i don't know but it's a good film it's like half duel half freaky friday i don't know but <laughs> brennan keep your ass away from them drugs <laughs> it's a great film and it's really well edited it's very fun and i recommend it for everybody and let's move on to our clue we'll reveal what we're watching next week which is the final girls which is i'm very excited to show shannon and it's going to be our first current movie on the podcast because it came out just a couple weeks ago Hmm. and it's still on vod yes it's available on vod so you can watch it on amazon you can watch it on itunes you can watch it well watch it legally give them money okay and so that's what we're doing next week. So you guys can catch up with us if you like, and you should, because it's one of my favorite movies of the year. And the clue for our episode two weeks from now is the following. If you're dyslexic, you can celebrate our next holiday on the same day as Halloween. And if you have a guess for that clue, if you have any uh, questions, comments, or champion dialogues for the final girls, which you should watch immediately, you can contact us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, on Twitter at Scream101Pod, the email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars for the fact that we didn't murder Lucas. And 
Lucas, do you have a Twitter or something that people can find you by, or just your podcast? Uh, you can find my podcast on iTunes. It is The Living Room. But I guess there's like six Living Room podcasts, and they're all Christian, like, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Do you have a Facebook page? Yeah, we're uh, the living uh, facebook.com slash the living room podcast or soundcloud.com slash the living room podcast. So Great. You can click lo- use your uh, local internet cafe <laughs> to access these websites. Um, but you ask can... your parents first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find uh, Hannah Mraz on Lucas's podcast, and you can find me on Hannah Mraz's podcast, Super Geek Supreme, from last week. And you can find me on Brennan's podcast. That's true. Right now. You can you, you found him. Congrats. We're a podcasting commune now. It has come full uh, circle. Indeed. So, Scream 1-1 podcast is done by myself, Shannon Shalakian, and Brennan Klein. And with wonderful sound help and now guest help. Guest services. Guest services from the wonderful uh, son of Kathy Kathy, <laughs> Lucas Kathy. That is us. So, Brennan, who is singing us out? And we will be playing you out with Oh Paul by Annie Bracken. Happy Halloween! Trick or treat! Ooh.